everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy Fitness Podcast, episode number 76. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in, my friends. Hello. It is good to be back in the swing of things with this podcast. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I kind of put the podcast on the back burner in terms of everything that I was doing over on TikTok, but... I had a guest on last week and that sort of like reignited my spark and my passion for doing this podcast. So I am very happy to be back and I actually do have some interesting life updates. First thing I want to talk about though is I have some Starbucks here and this looks disgusting right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's like settled and stuff, but it tastes really good. Um, I was I was so excited because I was going to try the new pineapple paradise um whatever thing it is it has like pineapple chunks in it and coconut milk and it sounded so good to me and I was so excited to try it right so I go to Starbucks and I will have you know I can count on one hand the number of times a year that I go to Starbucks like no joke uh I'm really not someone that frequents it a lot so if I go it's like a special occasion or I just want to treat myself kind of thing And I was so excited. And then uh, lo and behold, I go there. They ran out of it. They did not have the juice or something that they needed to make either of the drinks. So I was like so upset. Um, But the lady was so nice. And she gave me like free upgrades for my iced caramel macchiato. She gave like vanilla foam or something. Guys, I'm such a um, noob when it comes to Starbucks lingo. I'm like, give me a medium this because I don't even I can't even keep up with like the grande vente, whatever. Um, But it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Definitely not good for you, but it tastes really good. But the reason that I wanted to bring that up is because I was thinking about this in the car on the way home. Sometimes I like to call these instances of things that happen like this happy little accidents, right? Like I was expecting that I was going to get this pineapple drink that I thought was going to be really tasty, but I actually wound up getting an upgrade on a caramel macchiato, which I already love. And this is like even better than what I normally would have gotten. So Keep your eyes open for happy little accidents in your life because maybe they're the universe's way of letting you know that you're in alignment, that you're on track, that you're putting out the kind of frequency that you want to put out because that's what I took this experience as was like, okay, that's my reminder that my vibe is in a good place and happy little accidents are coming my way. So I just wanted to throw that in. If you see me sipping that, um, that's what I'm sipping on. And uh, yeah, it looks really gross right now, but I promise you it tastes really good. Uh, yeah. So what else is new with me? So I really wanted to talk about this before we get into anything else. Um, the 30 day challenge that I'm doing is, as you guys know, I've been doing, or I finished rather this 30 day manifestation challenge that a creator I found on TikTok. Their name is creating Kobe. I believe I'm going to tag them in the comments below, but, um, they came up with this challenge and it's basically where you pretend that you have a reality TV crew following you around for 30 days And I finished it, but I will say if you guys are subscribed on YouTube, I have a backlog of the vlogs. I have not been keeping up with posting them consistently. I have done everything. And if you follow me on TikTok, I have everything there. But the documentation part of that was fell off a little bit at the end, which like I'm not super happy about myself about. But there's a lot of things that I took away from that experience in terms of daily habits that I've really solidified now, like I have, I start every morning now reading at least 10 pages of like a self-help book and journaling and setting intentions with my cup of coffee in the morning and really taking my time to get into alignment before the day starts. And I was kind of doing that before I started this challenge, but I think this challenge like really pushed me Uh, to do that to an even bigger level and an even larger scale than I already do. So I am very thankful that I had the challenge for that. 
Um, the other thing I'll say is like just putting myself together. I know this sounds crazy, but like I work from home and I work out most of the time. So I rarely put like effort into my appearance, which sounds crazy. Like obviously I take care of myself and stuff, but it's like getting dressed up or putting makeup on, uh, used to be such a, uh, special occasion thing for me, but now I'm getting more used to like wearing my makeup every day, not every day, but like actually putting effort into my appearance every day, which feels really nice. Um, so that's another thing I've taken away from the challenge, uh, posting consistently guys, this has been the biggest one for me without a doubt. So the biggest goal that I had throughout this 30 days was to grow my personal TikTok account. Um, and I decided I was going to post at least once a day, every single day, if not twice a day. And I'm pretty sure that I have done that. And I will tell you guys, I think May 15th or 16th was the time that I started this challenge. I think I had around 15,000 followers on TikTok at that time. And now I just passed 35,000 followers on TikTok. So it definitely worked in that regard. Um, just putting myself out there more, not caring so much about what people think before the content goes out, like kind of just sharing my ideas. Um, and that has been the biggest change that I've seen is my dedication and consistency to growing my brand, um, which is something that like I've put on the back burner. And I, I've said that many times before on here, like with the podcast, I put that on the back burner and, um, this challenge was the reset that I needed to bring my focus back. And it's like, I have all these ideas and I have all this, you know, creative stuff that I want to work on, but sometimes I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if it's like a structure thing because I am trying to do like I'm a one man show, you know, with all of this stuff. Right. So sometimes it is really hard to hold yourself accountable. And I think this challenge is so freaking good for anybody that needs accountability in their life in that way. Right. If you're somebody that feels like a lot of creative pursuits that you're trying to do on your own and you are seeking accountability, be your own source of accountability. Right. Like documenting yourself is such a great way to do that. So that's probably, that was probably the biggest thing that helped me from this. And I was thinking about it too. I'm like, do I want to continue the vlogs? You know, I still have some that I have to post and I hate that I have not like done that in the 30 day t- time frame. But after I upload this episode, I'm really going to make an effort to get those vlogs up so that I can wipe my hands clean of the process. But um, am I going to keep vlogging every day? Probably not. It's a lot of work <laughs> um, just on top of everything else, especially now that I am ready to dive back into the podcast pretty strongly. Um, I am probably going to vlog maybe like once a week over on TikTok, maybe once a week on YouTube. It kind of just depends. TikTok has really been my biggest platform right now because I've seen the most uh, growth on there and I've been able to connect with the most people on TikTok. So that's why I'm focusing most of my energy on there. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Like I said, I will link the creator who came up with this challenge uh, down below because they do a really good job of explaining it. And I think you should definitely give them a follow because all credit is due to them. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to update you guys quickly on that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was, and this is real quick before we get into today's topic, is I had my first ever sound bath experience uh, last Friday, which was so cool. So I've done sound baths like on YouTube before with my headphones on. I have Tibetan singing bowls in my room, actually, and um, they're really cool, but I never really play them long enough to, to really feel anything from it. And um, this was a really great experience. So I was lucky enough to do the sound bath at like a nature preserve kind of place. It was like indoors, but there was nature surrounding us. There was actually a thunderstorm when it was happening, which was kind of cool. 
Um, so there was like a big window. You could see out like a bunch of trees and nature and everything like that. It was an absolutely beautiful backdrop to have this experience in. But basically, if you guys aren't familiar, a sound bath uses uh, Tibetan singing bowls, like I mentioned, tuning forks, healing uh, crystal bowls, and special, you know, instruments that are toned to certain frequencies to help you heal your body from within. And it's literally called a sound bath because when you're in that presence of it, you're bathing your body in the sound waves and your body is able to change and regulate itself based on the electromagnetic frequency from the sound waves. So it's really interesting. You know, science backs this stuff up. If you look at the works of Tesla and Einstein, I say this all the time, you know, we are energy, frequency, and vibration. Sound is the same thing. A lot of ancient cultures knew this to be true. Uh, Solfeggio frequencies, the ancient uh, tone scale, the chakras, there's certain notes that are aligned with certain chakras, which I want to get into as uh, I tell you guys about my experience. So long story short, research that kind of stuff for yourself if you want like a more in-depth explanation of what a sound bath is. But um, it was like an hour long and the person who did this for us, he kind of gave us like an introduction of his background and everything. He was great, by the way. His name is escaping me right now, but I do know that he's like trained with the Dalai Lama or something and learned uh, intuitive playing styles from Tibetan monks. So he was definitely skilled in what he did. And um, I would say there were maybe about like 20 people in the room. So it's kind of like you lay down, you have your yoga mats. Some people sat up, some people were lying down. I lie down because usually when I'm meditating, I also lie down. And this was basically a sound bath meditation. So there was no guidance. There was no guided meditation. It was literally just the sound. And you kind of just had that time to yourself to, if you're somebody that meditates, kind of just get into that state. Um, or just relax. There were some people that fell asleep. I did hear snoring. Um, but I will say for me, it took a while to um, get into it. I was like, because there was this woman behind me, like no shade to her, but she kept like adjusting herself. I don't know what she was doing, but I was like, can this lady just sit still? Because it was like so, like, you know, that sound of like when people are on a yoga mat and it's like that sticky, like <laughs> that like sticky sound. I don't know how else to explain it. But like that was, I kept hearing that noise like every 30 seconds, it would be like another shift. And I was like, can she just like sit in one spot, please? Um, Which like, I get it. I understand it's hard to get into a comfortable position. But anyway, once all that noise kind of subsided, um, I, I was, I have no idea like how far in it took me to get to this place. But um, once I really got into it, I really started feeling it. And I'll tell you, I would feel sometimes the frequencies in one ear more so than the other. I could feel the sound waves in my body. I I don't know how else to explain it, like the vibrations. You can feel it like reverberating all around you and within you. And the further along it got, I actually reached a point where I started seeing purple and green in my mind's eye, like these strange uh, shapes. And the other really weird thing that I had happen is um, I, this was maybe towards more the end of this experience, I started feeling this really strong uh, tingling sensation in the center of my forehead, like very strongly felt that like right around here. And then as that was happening, I kept getting this image in my mind of like an artist's rendition of, of someone's fingers Uh, like plucking something out of the center of my forehead. Like it was like they were peeling the skin open and they were plucking something out. And I kept just seeing that, that same image of plucking something out of the center of my forehead and like the third eye essentially. 
So that was my experience. And then I talked to a few people afterwards and they were saying, you know, did anybody else see colors during this? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I saw purple and green. And they were like, no way, we did too. And then I was telling them about my, you know, tingling sensation. And I think somebody else had shared that they felt that too. So long story short, I researched it afterwards and colors, certain colors correlate to certain chakras. So uh, I want to say the green was the heart chakra and purple is the third eye, which makes so much sense because so much of what I was feeling in that meditation was uh, like third eye opening. And I've done I've done meditation for years on my own, guys. Like I've and I've had crazy transcendental experiences just in meditation on my own, but never have I had that strong of a sensation in the center of my forehead and that like visual of like fingers plucking out from the center. I want to see if I can Google and if you're watching on YouTube, I'll insert a picture of like what I was seeing. It was so crazy. It was literally like peeling back and pulling out. If anyone else has done a sound bath or had a similar experience with like a third eye meditation, leave me a comment down below because I'd be very curious to hear what your experience was with that. But that was my experience with the sound bath. And uh, I I really loved it. I would totally recommend it to anyone that's looking to just, you know, relieve anxiety, elevate their vibration, um, elevate their consciousness, anything like that. I would totally recommend it. And I am planning on going again in another month and the month after that. So uh, I really enjoyed it. But that's enough of my introduction, guys. We're going to go ahead and jump into today's topic. Before we do that, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll get into it. All right, so today's topic is why you should not manifest a specific person. Now, I had posted a video about this on TikTok, and there was someone who got pretty upset by what I had to say. Also, apologies if you can hear my dog barking in the background. He gets very excited. It's about like almost four o'clock, and this time of day, he gets really excited. But anyways, so uh, there was somebody that got very upset. I actually had to block this person because they spammed about like 20 comments on this video of just kind of hateful things and accusing me of misinformation kind of thing. Anyways, some people may not like what I'm about to say here, uh, and I just want you to know these are my opinions. I've been studying manifestation and the law of attraction for over eight years now, so I do have a pretty wide breadth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. I'm not a newcomer. I understand manifesting and spirituality are having a moment, especially on TikTok, but like I said, I am coming from personal experience, years of research, and my intuitive understanding of manifestation and the law of attraction when I tell you that I don't think that you should manifest a specific person. Now, before you get all freaked out and you say, Haley, what are you doing? Like, of course I can manifest my specific person. Like, how dare you say that? Um, I just want to say, uh, I'm going to share with you a few reasons why I don't think you should do this. So I did have to take a short break because my dog was barking a little bit and I just didn't want it to be like interrupting everything here. So there's a few reasons why I don't think that you should manifest a specific person. And I've seen tons of people on the internet talking about ways in which you can And I just want to share my perspective because I don't think that enough people talk about why it's not necessarily a good idea to do this. So the first thing that I want to say here is that when you are trying to manifest a specific person, so let's let's just break down what that means right before we dive into this. So this is like if you're trying to manifest an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend back, if you're trying to manifest a specific person that like you have a crush on, right? Um, whether they know you or not, you're trying to manifest like a romantic relationship with them. That is what this, that's what we're like referring to here when I say specific person. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. 
Now that we understand what that means across the board, this is why I think it is a terrible idea and I would strongly advise anyone to not try to do this, okay? First thing is the pedestal mentality. This is something that I talk about all the time. And my opinion is that when you're trying to manifest someone specific, if you think about it from an energetic standpoint, you are removing yourself from main character energy. And Aaron Dowdy, if you guys are familiar, I love Aaron Dowdy. Shout out to him. Uh, He was somebody that I found along my journey that helped me so much. But he has spoken about this before too. And he had a great way of phrasing this where it's like, if you're putting someone else on a pedestal, it's like you're becoming the cameo in someone else's story, right? You are no longer the main character in your own story. Because if you're so focused on someone else and you're trying to win them over, call them into your experience, uh, get their validation, whatever the case may be, you're putting them above you energetically, right? You're like, if I could just get this person to like me, if I, if this person could just see that I'm the one for them, right? It's that we've all been there before too, guys. And I, I will tell you, I've been here before. I get it, Okay. <laughs> I've been here way too many times than I'd like to admit. But what happens is when you're trying to like chase like that, you're putting them on a pedestal. You're putting them above you because it becomes almost the situation of you are chasing after them. And what what does it mean when we say that we are chasing something? It implies that that thing is running away from us. So this is one of the first reasons why I think it's a very bad idea to manifest a specific person. Um, Because I do think that regardless of who it is, you are stepping out of your main character energy, whether you realize it or not. And I don't think that that's a good idea. That's just my two cents on that. Like I said, Aaron Dowdy talks about this a lot. So shout out to him because um, I do agree with that uh, quote that he had of like, you're the cameo in someone else's story. I think that's such a great way of putting it. Um, So just understanding that right from an energetic standpoint, The other thing that I'll say too, and I have been victim of this many times myself, is that when you're trying to manifest a specific person, you're often romanticizing and falling in love with the idea of someone rather than who they actually are. So let's just play this out for you because I think a lot of us have been here before. So you know when you're trying to fall asleep at night and you're having trouble falling asleep, you start thinking about your specific person, you start running fake scenarios through your head, you start imagining what your life would be like with them, you start imagining what a date would look like with them, how you would kiss them, how you would talk with them. We've all been there. I get it, right? It's like that's where our mind goes before we fall asleep. But remember, that what you're playing in your head is a romanticization of that person and that it's the idea of them that you're falling in love with more so than who they actually are. Because if you were to actually be with them, the odds are they're probably not going to live up to this idealized and romanticized version of them that you've created in your head. And that's another reason why I feel like trying to manifest a specific person can be really toxic and really slippery is because they could be very different from who you have built them up to be in your own mind, if that makes sense, right? It's like you, it's so easy to to do that. If you have like, if you have a crush on someone and you have all these expectations of what they could be for you, how they could be such a perfect fit for you, how you would look so cute together, X, Y, Z, maybe you manifest them into your experience And you do start dating them, but then you realize that they don't live up to that image in your head that you created of them at all. Maybe they aren't anywhere near as loving or interested in the same things as you are or passionate about the same things that you are, right? It's like when we put, it's the same thing as putting someone on a pedestal. 
it's a slippery mental game that we play. And I, I don't think that it's wise, uh, especially with a specific person. Now, there's going to be other things that I will suggest to you later on in this video if you are trying to manifest love that I would recommend. So don't be totally discouraged if you're listening to this and you're like, but I want my specific person so bad. Like, just hear me out. Let me say what I've got to say. And then at the end of this, I'm going to share with you some suggestions that I think will help you as well. Other thing I want to say with this, if you're trying to manifest a specific person and you're going through what I said before, like you're putting them on the pedestal, whether you consciously realize it or not, because I think a lot of this is not something we are consciously aware of. We're not consciously aware of the fact that we're putting them on a pedestal. But if you were to take a step back and reflect on the situation of like, if you're chasing them, if you're saying, if I could just be with them, that's basically like putting them on a pedestal. Same goes for romanticizing that person in your head, playing out all these fake scenarios, X, Y, Z. So yada, yada, we've covered that. What I want to build on from there is that if that person is not reciprocating your energy or is not matching your energy in some way or showing to you in some level that they are also interested, then it's time to move on. That's a tough pill to swallow. And I know people are probably not going to like that I have to say these things, but this is my podcast. I'm going to say what I want. If they're not reciprocating the energy, move on because you deserve better than that. You deserve better than having to chase after someone and put them on a pedestal and feel like you're not enough somehow. Because when we put someone on a pedestal in that way too, it also makes us unconsciously or subconsciously feel like we are somehow not enough, right? Because if they were reciprocating our energy and if they were showing up how we wanted them to, then we wouldn't be in this position in the first place. And that's again, why I think it's very toxic and damaging to try to manifest a specific person into your life. On top of that, you can't control what someone else does. You can. The law of attraction is a powerful tool, my friends. Manifestation is a powerful tool. I wouldn't be sitting here sharing you with you these ideas if it was not. Um, but the thing is, you create your reality, right? You can control what kinds of experiences come into rea- your reality, how you show up in the world. You have full control over that. What you don't have full control over is making someone else like you, right? Like forcing someone to fall in love with you or getting him to like you or winning someone back. Like everyone is an autonomous being in that sense that they create their own reality, whether they're aware of it or not, which is why you can't control what someone else does, if that makes sense. Like you can't get someone to like you. And even think about the the way that you're phrasing that, right? Like get someone to like you. Doesn't that almost feel manipulative too? It almost feels like you have to step into some sort of level of inauthenticity, if that's even a word, to win their approval, which is not a position we should ever be in. You're more than enough just as you are and you shouldn't have to chase after anyone or be anything other than who you are. Last thing I want to say about this really quick is um, you could be selling yourself short and you may not even realize it. And I've been in this position before with uh, plenty of different goals in my life. Let's say you're hung up. Let's use uh, the name Josh as an example. Let's say you're hung up on some guy named Josh and you think he's so hot and you're like, he's the love of my life. I know it. He just doesn't know it yet. We're soulmates. He's, he's my, he is my everything. Like we're going to be such a power couple if we're together. You put him on a pedestal, you go through all this stuff and you're like, I am going to manifest this man into my life. And maybe, like I said, maybe you are able to manifest him into your life, but then you realize once you have the man, right? Like, be careful what you wish for. You're like, wow, this isn't anything like what I thought it was going to be. This isn't really stacking up. You could be selling yourself short. The universe, God, whatever you want to call it, could have something or someone so much better 
infinitely more like romantic and caring and nurturing than you could even possibly imagine because you're so hung up on this specific person that you're trying to manifest that you fail to even allow these other experiences to come into your life, right? I think this is a really powerful tool with anything with manifesting, but specifically with like romantic interests because I feel like this is a place a lot of people uh, get trapped in, right? You could be selling yourself short and you not even realize it. So that being said, uh, I hope that doesn't offend anyone. That is my understanding of why you should not manifest a specific person. Now I'm going to offer to you some suggestions of things that you can do uh, to actually call love into your life and to actually do this what I, in what I would say a more productive way than putting someone on a pedestal, okay? So here is my suggestion to anyone that's watching this or listening to this. Instead of like that person, right, that specific person that you have in your mind, let's use the Josh example. I want you to make a list of the qualities that that person has that aren't just them, right? So let's say this person, Josh, I'd ask you this question, like, obviously, aesthetically, you have to be attracted to someone romantically to, to go somewhere with it. We get it, okay? He's got to be attractive in your mind. So if you're, I want you to make a list now and say, okay, thank you universe. I'm so happy and grateful that I've found someone that I think is so physically attractive. Like I would encourage you to not be super specific with the details of physical attraction because like I said, sometimes the universe will surprise you and have something even better than you could have possibly comprehended. Um, unless you have like a very strict preference, I'm, I'm not in your shoes. I'm just offering you a suggestion from my experience and my opinion. Beyond the aesthetics, right? This is where I really want to focus the attention is beyond the aesthetics of the person. Go a little bit deeper into the qualities of them. So when you're doing this, I want you to think of it like make a list of the way that that person uh, talks to themselves. How do they treat themselves? What does their daily routine look like? How do they treat me? How do I feel when I'm around them? How do they treat other people? What are their hobbies? What are their interests? What are they really good at? What do we have in common? How do they make me feel? How do they support me? How do I support them, right? Think of that because when you're romanticizing someone in your head, it's usually like, I don't know, for me at least, it's usually there's that physical attraction for sure, but it's usually a case of like, you don't really even know the person necessarily at that deep of a level to know how they're going to show up in a relationship, how they're going to react to my boundaries, how they're going to set their own boundaries, how they're going to treat their family, how they're going to treat their friends, you know, all that kind of stuff. Make a list of what your ideal partner would have personality wise and like soul wise and spirit wise, because that's what matters the most. And then obviously including in that, that you're going to be extremely physically attracted to them. I think this is a much healthier way to approach manifesting that doesn't cut you off from things or limit you or put you in a box or set you up for disappointment if like Josh has a beard and now you've met someone that you think is the love of your life and meets all those other boxes but he doesn't have a beard. You know what I mean? I think it's a lot more productive to even just for you to gain clarity on what it is that you want in a relationship that you're seeking. What are those ideal qualities of your partner and how would your life look like with them? I think that's a way more productive way to go about this. And if you still want to try to manifest your specific person, I mean, proceed with caution. Like I said, you know, I I use the phrase, be careful what you wish for, because like I said, that person, you could quote unquote manifest them into your life, but then realize that maybe they're not what they, what you imagine them to be. 
So I don't know. That's just my two cents on that. I feel like so many people ask me questions about this, uh, you know, manifesting a specific person. I get this asked a lot of times in my DMs. I do want to remind you guys um, that I am not currently doing any private coaching for manifestation or the law of attraction right now. I've received a few messages about that. Um, I'm sorry. If that's something you would be interested in from me, um, maybe that's an opportunity that we can explore. But as of right now, I'm not doing that. I will say as a final thing here to wrap up that I am working on another online course uh, about manifesting. So if you're interested in learning more about this topic specifically, or really just how to manifest for any area in your life, be sure to stay tuned for updates on that. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, uh, follow over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have a moment to leave me a review, that would mean the world to me. It really helps me out uh, with the uh, podcast gods and their algorithms and pushing this out to more people. Uh, You can follow me on TikTok. I'm Haley Noel. Instagram, same username. I'm the most active on TikTok for sure. Uh, But that is it, my friends. I certainly hope you found something valuable out of this and that people didn't get too offended by what I had to say today. Um, But that is it. I am sending you so much love and light, health, wealth, success, happiness, abundance, peace, love, joy, and I will see you next time. Bye.